0: Who is there for heroes of the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans and who helps our nation to never forget nine 11? Let me tell you who the ton towers foundation, the foundation's gold star fallen first responder, smart home and homeless veteran programs comprise their in the line of duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. The foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is educating kids kindergarten through 12th grade to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at t2t.org.
1: You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Shoulder to shoulder, shield time.
1: Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show.
0: Team, welcome to the Freedom Hut Thursday, December 1st edition of the program. We have a lawyer who was fired from her massive law firm, very influential one, Because she publicly agreed that the Supreme Court decision on Dobbs was right and spoke about her views of the Dobbs decision. So they fired her and have basically destroyed a 40 year legal career. The wokeness has infected law schools, it has also infected law firms. We will discuss, we will get into that. FTX crypto in continued meltdown. But isn't it fascinating that the New York Times had him speak at their big, important conference? And they even clapped for him at the end because, wow, it's so brave after he's stolen, it seems, allegedly, billions of dollars from people. It's kind of a big deal. I think it's kind of a big deal. And then the Biden administration hypocrisy on Apple versus Twitter. Which one is a concern to this White House? Oh, you will want to hear that, my friends. But, you know, MyPillow is an amazing company. We're going to get into all that other stuff in a second. But I want to make sure you're sleeping well every night. You're super comfortable and things are going just great for you. And my pillow is so helpful in all of that because they've got great deals for you right now on the Pillow's Giza Dream Sheets Body Pillow. Got to try one of those. A lot of fun. Mattress topper. You got to check out the mattress topper. It makes you sleep so much better. And I've got all these products at home. You should check them out, too. So here's what I'd say. If you don't have one yet, get yourself a pair of the Giza Dream Sheets. They're ultra soft and breathable, extremely durable. The Giza Dream sheets right now are at their lowest price ever. They're coming in as low as $29.98 with promo code BUCK. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty, and now for the holiday season, they're extending their 60-day money-back guarantee. So just go to MyPillow.com, click on Radio Listener Specials, check out this flash sale on the Giza Dream sheets right now. Make sure you use promo code BUCK for this and many other great limited-time specials. MyPillow.com, promo code BUCK. Now, the op-ed here. From the Wall Street Journal is no dissent on abortion allowed at Hogan Lovells. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but whatever. Global law firm that fired this author, uh, fired this woman who wrote the op-ed. His name is uh, Keller, Robin Keller, uh, because she agreed with the decision in Uh, The Dobbs. So just so we understand where we are as a country right now, because I think it's very important. Um, They've gotten rid of the LSAT as a requirement now for law schools. So they'll just take whoever they want to take. Merit, actual ability, uh, intellectual excellence. These things not going to matter as much in the legal profession, which is troubling to a lot of people, especially if you really need a lawyer like to defend you or if you're being... um, Frivolously sued. You know, there's some real problems that come from the law, and people need smart lawyers. So now you're going to have lawyers that are increasingly coming from the top law schools, and they're not that smart, but this is all necessary for uh, diversity and inclusion and equity and all these other things we always hear about. And you say, hmm, that's an issue. It's also an issue that the top law firms themselves are very woke Uh, they very much are dominated by even if it's only a a handful of people who are really you know pushing this stuff they're dominated by the whiniest of the woke who cannot even begin to accept that there are people that have different points of view so let me take you into what happened here in uh, this uh, with this woman Keller Robin Keller she said that she was on I want to I'm gonna read some of this to you Um, after the Supreme Court issued its Dobbs decision overturning Roe v. Wade in June, global law firm Hogan Lovells organized an online conference call for female employees, she writes. This is in the Wall Street Journal. As a retired equity partner still actively serving clients, I was invited to participate in what was billed as a safe space for women at the firm to discuss the decision. It might have been a safe space for some, but it wasn't safe for me. Everyone who spoke on the call was unanimous in their anger and outrage about Dobbs, I spoke up to offer a different view. I know that many jurists and commentators believe Roe had been wrongly decided. By the way, just stopping the quote for a second. Of course, Roe was garbage law. Indefensibly bullcrap law. Whether you believe abortion should be a thing in this country or in in a state or not, Roe was garbage. Um, Yeah, we're just going to make it up. We're going to say it's there and it's not there. This undermines the very basis of Law of language. If something can be there that's not there, then what's the point of having anything there in the first place? You get where I'm going? That's what Roe was just fabricated, a fabricated right. We all know it. Oh, but they want it so much, so important to be able to abort babies. People are psychos. You know, here you go. As a retired equity partner, still actively serving clients, yada, yada. Um, everyone else spoke up, said it was. I said the court was right to remand the issue to the states. I added that I thought abortion rights advocates had brought much of the pushback against Roe on themselves by pushing extreme policies. Now, let me just stop there for a second. Yeah, they pushed insane policies. They they will argue openly that abortion, abortion advocates will argue that it's uh, necessary for all nine months of a pregnancy. There can be no limitations on abortion whatsoever, and that a baby is not a baby in the ninth month, a baby that is even uh, ready to to... Enter the world and leave the mother's womb is not actually a baby. These people are, this is crazy. I mean, this is child sacrifice stuff. And they'll argue it openly. Some of them will even, there were there were a whole uh, shout your abortion uh, hashtag movements and other things. So they've gone from safe, legal, and rare to this is a great thing that should be celebrated. And it's heinous and it's wrong and it's immoral. So abortion extremism comes from the pro-abortion side. That much has been the case for a long time. Anyway, she goes on to say, I referred to numerous reports of disproportionately high rates of abortion in the black community, which some have called a form of genocide. I said I thought this was tragic. The outrage was immediate. The next speaker called me a racist and demanded that I leave the meeting. Other participants said they lost their ability to breathe. That's a quote on hearing my comments. After more of the same, I hung up. Someone made a formal complaint to the firm. Later that day, Hogan Lovells suspended my contracts, cut off my contact with clients, removed me from email and document systems, and emailed all U.S. personnel saying that a forum participant had made anti-black comments and was suspended pending an investigation. The firm also released a statement to the legal website above the law bemoaning the devastating impact my views had on participants in the forum most of whom were lawyers participating in a call convened expressly for the purposes of discussing a controversial legal and political topic. Someone leaked my name to the press. I filed my own complaint with the firm's general counsel office, alleging the firm and those who had attacked me on the call had violated the company's anti-harassment policy. Hogan Lovells hired another firm to conduct an outside investigation. Three weeks later, I received a letter stating the firm had concluded that my reference to comments labeling black abortion rate genocide was a violation of the anti-harassment policy. Um, So she was her her complaint was dismissed. She was terminated. She was fired. They fired. her. Yeah, that's how this all went down. And I can tell you that I know of another law firm where someone raised the issue in the hiring process of well, why am I, I'm not able to grade certain minorities in the hiring process when they do the evaluations the same way I would other applicants. Why is that our policy? That person was fired. That didn't make the news, but I knew of that happening. So this is the environment that we're operating in, friends. Because the argument that that she made there about how there's a disproportionately high rate of abortion that occurs within the black community is one statistically absolutely a fact it's just a fact of numbers reality truth and that this is deeply unsettling immoral and really a point of despair for for many people who look at this as the murder of now millions of of preborn um black children that has occurred through the abortion industry. This is an argument that has been made for a long time, and it is rooted, in fact, in numbers. And I can assure you that at least some of the people who are outraged on the call are white female liberals who are the most devoted partisans of abortion you will ever find. They're the ones that are the true. They're the true believers. They're the high priests of the abortion church. And uh, as as demonic as it may be. And the fact that you can't even agree with a Supreme Court decision, though, as a lawyer, think about that. I think the Supreme Court decision was right. You're fired. Shut up. This isn't a major law firm. This is a big-time law firm that people uh, in New York uh, and D.C. come across on a regular basis. I think they're mostly D.C.-based. But they're they're a big-deal law firm, and you can't have an adult conversation about the law there without getting ruined and destroyed. After 40 years serving as a partner at this firm, think about that. Because people are so because, look, I, I think it's likely that there are people on that phone call who either themselves or have spouses or, you know, family members who have had abortions and they just don't want to hear that it's anything other than something to be celebrated. And that's really tragic and really, really sad. And there's a rage. There's an anger that comes from that. They don't want to be exposed to any truth about this. They want to believe what they believe. But when all of our institutions of power and influence and wealth. Are effectively controlled by this Bolshevik-style minority of far-left wingers. Uh, we're we're heading for a deeply dysfunctional society. This is also why they get so upset about Elon Musk taking one of their favorite propaganda tools away from them, which I uh, certainly want to talk to you about, as well as the FTX crypto situation. We will get into that, my friends, in a second. But what happens when cyber criminals get your information from? The dark web. Well, the way it goes down, actually, is there's a big data breach. Sometimes millions and millions of customer personal identifiable information gets, uh, gets leaked. And, and then when that data breach happens, they find this stuff. They put this stuff on the dark web. They'll sell it. Huge tranches of your personal identifiable information. And then that's how they get your credit card. That's how they get your name and your info to take out loans and credit cards in your name. And you got a big problem when this happens. It's important to understand how identity theft are affecting all of our lives. That's why I have LifeLock. I've had LifeLock for years. Protecting your identity can be easy with LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock detects and alerts you to potential identity threats you may not spot on your own, like loans taken out in a name you didn't know about. If you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist will work to fix it. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now. Save up a 25% off your first year with promo code BUCK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com and use promo code B-U-C-K for 25% off. That's 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com. Make sure you use that promo code BUCK for 25% off. Now, let's talk a little bit about Sam bankman Freed, actually. Let's, let's go to Sam bankman Freed for a second. This guy spoke at the big New York Times. Conference, their annual conference, they have with uh, the fancy, the fancy libs. I think actually Mike Pence spoke at it this year, so there's that. Uh, but they're ge- generally it's it's uh, Zelensky, people like that, and Sam Bankman freed is is a fascinating case study because the media has no hostility to him whatsoever. I mean, this guy may have been running, and may end up going to prison for a long time because of it. A massive Ponzi scheme that. Effectively, would have if this is what happened, taken billions of dollars of people's money and uh, just made it disappear. Spent it on things, invested in things, or went to zero. Money's gone. Money's gone. And usually, you'd think there'd be a lot of outrage about this. Think about the amount of outrage, for example, that the media uh, conjures up on somebody who spent five minutes, and I mean five minutes, inside of the Capitol building on January 6th, didn't hurt anyone, didn't attack anyone, didn't, didn't do anything, but they were there. They were part of that mob. The media will hunt that person down to the ends of the earth, and they'll literally hunt them down insofar as they'll help track them down if they can. They'll they'll help the FBI, right? They think that that's really fair and that that person should spend time in prison. Sam Bankman Freed has taken billions of dollars of wealth and destroyed it, money that people gave him. It's Yeah, a lot of those are going to be people who have who are, who are wealthy, but not all of them, and some of it's pension money, and, and this is really destructive. And they are not angry at all. In fact, at the end of the New York Times conference, they actually clapped for this guy, like, yay, thank you, Sam, for showing up. Can we play the, this is at this New York Times, you know, Big Ideas conference or whatever they call it, play it. On behalf
2: of everybody here and on behalf of the public, I want to thank you for engaging in it at a time, in truth, when I know you've been advised not to. So thank you so very, very much. Um,
1: Thank you. (laughs) Sam Bankman-Fried, everybody.
0: Sam Bankman-Fried, everybody, doing a great job. The Deal Book Summit, they call this thing, by the way. It's ridiculous. He's basically just going to uh, tell everybody. He's telling everybody that he is so dumb that he. Remember, this guy went to MIT. He was a genius, going to be the world's first trillionaire. Now he's like, I'm just really stupid. I was just like a little cocky, he says. Play clip 16 here. billion he was worth. Now they say he's worth, he says, he claims he's worth $100,000. I'm sure he stashed money all over the place, but play 16. You said one of your great talents in a podcast was managing risk. That's right. and That's
2: obviously wrong. Well, I think that there is something maybe even deeper wrong there, which was I wasn't even trying. Like, I wasn't spending any time or effort trying to manage risk on ftx and that that obviously that's a stunning admission
0: what that's a pretty stunning admission
2: yeah i mean i don't know what to say like what happened happened and like if i had been spending an hour a day thinking about risk management on ftx i don't think that would have happened i think i i stopped working as hard for a bit you know honestly if i look back on myself i think i got a little cocky i made more than a little bit I think I got a little cocky, and I think that being a polyamorous vegan with billions of dollars at his disposal, living in a in like a sex party commune in the Bahamas uh, with a bunch of other Dungeons and Dragons nerds, I think that maybe that was a bad idea. But you know, overall, I just got a little cocky.
0: Wow, media's not angry at this guy though; they're giving him the chance. Remember. He's able to run all this PR, all this talking. He gets sit down, sit down with George Stephanopoulos. He's like, you know, I don't remember the guy's name, but the New York Times guy from the, uh, you know, from the Deal Book Summit. And this is what they're doing: they're they're letting this guy tell this story, and effectively, it's, yeah, man, just made a couple mistakes. I didn't, I didn't really do anything wrong. I didn't know. And oh, by the way, now he's saying that he wasn't donating to one party to beat the other party in the general elections. He was the Democrats' second biggest donor in this last midterm. Play clip 11. This is important, I think, because, you know.
2: You know, my donations were mostly for pandemic prevention, and they were looking at primary elections where there were candidates who were outspoken in favor of doing things now to prevent the next pandemic. That was the primary thing that I was supporting. Uh, with those contributions and you know it was on both sides uh, of of the aisle primarily operating in both primaries because it wasn't i wasn't viewing it as a partisan ex- exercise I was not you know moses was not looking at donating to one party to beat the other one in the general elections here you know it was not only was it on both sides but even within each side it was between two candidates in the same party and he was looking at well. pandemic policy
0: So, okay, a few things here, because there are because they're now saying, oh, originally they're saying it's not even a story that he was the second biggest Democrat donor. Another thing. See, it's a story because he donated Republicans too Well, which is it? Do the donations matter or not matter? That's to start with that. But even beyond that. All right. So was he doing uh, donations to Republicans in the primary so that bad Republicans could win, which did happen, by the way, in those primaries? Unfortunately, was he part of that plan? Just wondering. I don't know. I'd have to look at who who he gave money to and where. Uh, But also, what's clearly the case is that he was paying off these politicians with donations as a form of insurance in case this happened, which really is inevitable when you think about it, given the way this guy was running the company that he had. So, yeah, it's effectively legalized bribery is what this guy was doing. Yeah. And then there's the Apple-Elon throwdown, which looks like it's not going to happen now. They figured out uh, the App Store is not going to take Twitter down. I think that Tim Cook realized it wasn't a fight he wanted to wanted to pick right now. But this is fascinating. Here is uh, Martha McCallum speaking to uh, uh, Kirby, who's a spokesman for the Biden administration. And here she is saying, why does this White House have such a problem with Twitter, but then Apple shuts down airdrop For the Chinese protesters and the White House is very kind of, you know, eh, not such a big deal about it. Listen to Martha. Take him a task.
1: Why not say something to Apple? Because we were just told the other day that the White House is keeping an eye on Elon Musk and
0: Twitter. So why would you say that from the podium? You didn't say it, but Kareem Jean-Pierre said it. And not call
1: Apple out for helping the Chinese government to suppress their own people's ability to communicate. Again, I think we've been very clear and consistent on this. Certainly publicly, we've been very open about our desires to be able to see citizens communicate. And, you know, Apple, if this is a decision that they're making, then they should have to speak to that. But we can't and we aren't in the business of technology telling private companies how to, to execute their initiatives. Yeah, but Twitter's uh, but a private we, company,
0: too. So why is Twitter getting one treatment and Apple's getting another is my question.
1: Well, these are t- completely two different circumstances. You're talking how about so? the potential. Well, you're talking about the, the potential for perhaps foreign investment and involvement in the management of Twitter. That's a different issue than what we're talking about here, which is a business decision by Apple.
0: Blather. Total blather. But what else are they going to say? Our power is threatened here at home by Twitter, and we don't really care what the Chinese do abroad because that's the truth. That's how the Democrats really think. Thanks for rolling here today, team. Make make sure you subscribe to the Rumble channel if you listen to the podcast, rumble.com slash Buck Sexton. And we are working on the tech here. As you can see, it's getting a little bit better lighting, everything else, the studio. We're building this pirate ship as we sail it, and we're going to have guests soon and be expanding the show and doing fun things. So look forward to that. So just be patient with me. We'll keep building it out. And thanks to all of you. We're doing well. Talk to you tomorrow. Shields high. Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. You don't need $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click
1: Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you
0: afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels... Challenging on those levels.
1: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kiwi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast.
2: We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're
1: dissecting the drama and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.